goddamn oh, mess today. Today. Let's just uh, break it. Double, Double bullshit. bullshit. Double, Double bullshit. bullshit. No bullshit. Oh. All right, look, everything is just, uh, just, just, just fucked up today. Super cool. Just, it's just <laughs> fucked up. So listen, let me just real quick. We got, uh, yeah, I've been trying to get this guy for, geez, since we've been on the, uh, Chief of Detroit Police Department, James E. Craig. Very excited about that. It's a mensch, mensch, mensch for doing. I'm doing good, sir. Let me uh, let me take care of some commercials here. Karen's with me. Hey, Chief. Hey, Karen. How you doing, Karen? I'm fine. How and are you, know you Lib sir? You know Libtard Bob here? Howdy, oh, Chief. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I saw him uh, several months back. We talked about uh, coming on your show. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, you know, you're a busy man, you know, and, you know, we're just, we're just rocking. This. Let, me, let me just do this. American Coney Island is a proud sponsor of uh, the No Bullshit News Hour. Uh, when you say American Coney Island, you say Detroit. Right downtown of Michigan and Lafayette. Open 24 hours, 365, home of the original American. Coney Island, dogs, Vidalia onions, mustard, homemade chili. You won't get it anywhere else. Or you can simply go online, AmericanConeyIsland.com, and get a Coney kit delivered right to your door. Super Bowl time. Super Bowl. Um, Luke Nowacki, Chief, you know you know something? Uh-huh. Let me tell you about Luke Nowacki. I, I know you got a couple pensions. You've been around. You, your career at the LAPD, Portland, Maine, Cincinnati, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan. You might be fine, but everybody out there, economy's slowing a little bit. Not, right. not sure what's happening. Government's running a big debt. If you're not among the elite who can make your pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, and you actually have to work for a living, you're going to have to provide for your family and theirs. If you have questions whether you're on the right track, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki. That's my guy. Ready for the number, Chief? 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts to college savings plan to good old stocks and bonds. Make the call now. Your politicians, not to mention your children, are depending on it. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. And remember, Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and our marketing names, products, and services referenced here are independent <laughs> of Royal Alliance, Alliance Associates, Inc. Sorry about that, Chief. Had to do it. Oh, no, no. I understand. Got bills to pay. Oh, right on. You know, because <laughs> we're going a little viral here with this show. I mean, we have Brenda Lawrence coming on saying she didn't support impeachment, and then Nancy Pelosi told her she had to support impeachment. We had Ronna McDaniel, Kevin Orr, um, Pete Carmanos last week, that went crazy. Oh, and Kevin, you. Kevin Orr. Kevin Orr came on. He did. Did you hear it? No, I, I'm going to uh, pull it up. Yeah, he came on. He was actually pretty good. But let me just say this. He was real careful about what he was saying because when Kevin Orr talks, markets move. <laughs> you know, that's true, though, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a you know what, I, I got to tell you, uh, working with him for the short time was really exciting. Uh, it, you know, if, and if we get into, you know, just policing and what that looks like, 
especially when you're in a situation where, you know, you're getting ready to go through, did go through bankruptcy, and the police chief directly reports to an emergency manager, uh, there were a lot of things that I had to do in a very short time. And he told me, he said, look, I don't know policing, you do, so just hit the ground running. That was that was the charge. And yeah. so I knew there were a lot of things <clears throat> a lot of things that needed to be done. Heavy lifting, heavy, heavy, heavy lifting. Um and so we can talk about some of that if you like. Yeah, we do that. Let's go let's, let's go let's go back there for a second though. When it you know, let's just let's just fucking go there. When so, you when you were coming, we uh-huh. had, we had a phone call late at night, you and I. We did. Talking about you know, you were like, uh, my name's James Craig. I'm from L.A. We know some similar people. You know, what, what's your take on things? And it was, uh, I was impressed by that. I really was. Like, you're not walking in here, throwing your weight around, you know, big belt buckle, big hat, that kind of thing. Right. And we, you know, we did meet. We met on a couple occasions, and I gave you my impression. Now, I could play big shot journalist. You have to remove yourself from the situation, report the facts just as they are. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell the truth. Like, all I really want, and I think you know this about me no matter what, is I just want better for my community, your community, the people. Exactly. So I didn't mind doing that. But then, you know, here was the thing. I quickly realized that if I just sat here and either did that, sort of laid at your feet, or just continually threw sand in your face, what good would that do? So what, what I did was got lost for a couple of years, went around the country. And now, you know, we find me throwing sand in your face. So I, I don't mean it like that. I understand. But that's really, you know, I got respect for you, but that's what I got to do. And, so, and, I, and I understand it. And, and, you know, the people of Detroit, you know, as I, as I tell the men and women who do this very difficult job here, I remind him, them, as often as I can, that Detroiters deserve the same type of policing that where some of you live, whether it's Farmington Hills, Dearborn Heights, you have an expectation of policing, and I don't care what the economic stature of someone is, they deserve the same high level of policing excellence. And, and, And that's just the bottom line. And so, and, and sometimes that becomes, a, that's, a, that's a big lift. And, and I can talk a little bit about it because uh, when I got here in 2013, Charlie, you knew, no secret, there were a lot of broken things. And when you're an outsider, even though I'm from Detroit, I started my policing career here in Detroit, uh, I left at some point and stayed gone well over 34 years. And it was from doing that 34-year time that I learned a lot. And it was a lot of things that I felt I could bring to the city. But the big lift coming in the door was the officer's pay. Uh, so, of course, their morale was at the rock bottom. And then the morale of the community, rock bottom. Uh, response times exceeding more than any place in the country. Uh, some of the, the police chiefs that were in and out of this place, one every year or year and a half, and so that doesn't promote stability. And then, not to mention, a 13-year consent judgment, and no one could figure out how to get out from under it. It took us a year when I got here, and it's not by accident. They were focusing on the, the wrong things, and, and, and candidly, 
what they focused on was beating up the cops. The people who do the tough work, they were beating them up. And they felt that, well, to be compliant with the consent decree, long as we're writing the cops up, we'll be okay. Well, we weren't okay. And the missing piece of this whole puzzle was one thing, no accountability of the bosses, the managers, and the executives. And so if you start holding the bosses accountable, then suddenly magical things begin to happen. Well, let's uh, do this then. Let's, might as well, I, there's so much there. The, the, let's start with this. We went bankrupt, right, to yes. provide better, basically, public service, safety. And you're talking about the pay. But when you, and I hope all the cops are out there listening because I know they listen, and shout out to Detroit police, state police, Pleasant Ridge police, Hamtramck police, the police. Love them. We don't have a society without them. But when you do the math and you include inflation, the cops today are making less in the city than they made in 2012, right? Well, let me say it this way. I I didn't do the math, and I I trust your math. Okay. That, yes, Detroit police officers are still sorely underpaid, and while there have been several pay increases, I know four years ago, they were at a ridiculously low, I want to say something like 29000 a year, and now they're at, I think it's 42000 which is better, but I'm not excited. And But we're moving it in the right direction. Not when my last chief's job, where I was at in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is a great place to work. And their starting pay is 59000 So let me help you help us, okay? Sir, do your officers, your, your commanders, and everybody in between, do they need to be paid more? Yes. Boom. Then we shall advocate and continue to advocate for that instead of skyscrapers that aren't getting built. Instead of hockey arenas that don't pay back into the system to pay police to keep, you don't hate me for that. That's the correct thing to do, is it not? Well, I don't generally try. I try to avoid. I know you do. No, I do. Don't help me help you. Well, I know, but let me just say this: public safety, police officers, firefighters, at the very top. I don't disagree with that. I think when when you talk about you know, when you pay officers, and that was something that became a big reality in Cincinnati, because those officers, you know, they weren't making 50000 59000 starting pay when I was there. But I remember meeting with some top businessmen in the area. You know, Procter & Gamble is headquartered there, <clears throat> American Financial, uh, Kroger's. And so I'm in a room at P&G with all these CEOs. And they said, well, what can we do to support you? And I said, well, first of all, uh, we need to pay these cops. I said, we can put the cops in the locations where development is going to start. However, um, we're going to have to pay for that. I mean, I can offer you secondary police services to walk footbeats in areas of development that have been high crime. They looked at me, they listened to me, and they agreed with me, and it happened. Wait, it happened? 
Cincinnati. Oh, in Cincinnati. 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 What are we talking about Cincinnati for? No, you, well, you had me hopeful. But chief, <laughs> well. if, chief, if I can, if I can jump in here for a second. Uh, no. Under four. <laughs> under four. Under former Mayor Bing, he did go to the business community to make sure that we had new police vehicles, new, uh, you know, the the ambulances, those uh, EMS trucks or whatever. Has that or why should that conversation happen again to be able to provide those resources? Because Charlie and I disagree on this all the time. What do we disagree on? We disagree on that you think that a lot of the, the challenges fall in the lap of the chief. I think it falls in the lap of the mayor in terms of not providing the resources because Public safety was not well, included yeah, well, part of the well, grand First of all, the chief is the deputy mayor, and he reports directly to the mayor. Position, I know, Charlie. I know, but look, it goes, it goes mayor then chief. I understand, but the, if the mayor, if, if this is, and we don't need to argue this while the chief is here, because yeah, we, we do, do this all the time. No, we don't, because you. Yeah, and I we do, this. do. But it is up to the mayor, in my opinion, to make public safety a priority enough to allocate the resources, so the chief has what he needs to well, make. That's the city why, the, right, chief? That's why you're on. That's why I'm asking you. you should I start yelling at the mayor that the chief? wants more money and resources. No, let me just say this, and whether you agree or not, one thing the mayor has been committed to is as often as possible, the books get open, the union comes to the table, and pay raises are talked about. And that's been done twice already. And again, and I firmly believe it's going to happen again in the near future. Right now, uh, the mayor is focused on, on firefighters. They haven't had their raise, and they're critically important to public safety as well. So it is happening, uh, but but the deficit that we're trying to make up, I mean, you yeah. remember... 10% uh, cut. And Karen knows that when I came in, this was just before, just before the bankruptcy... They took 10% of the police officers' pay away and then forced—this is the most ridiculous thing I saw happen. They forced the hardest-working men and women in America in policing, forced them on 12-hour shifts that they didn't want, mm-hmm. took 10% of their pay, and then to the supervisors. They didn't force the supervisors on 12 hours, right. but, it, but the street cop was being bullied and punished. They were angry. Now, and so one of the things that I did, the things that I could do, I said, well, uh, I quickly went about the business of eliminating the forced 12-hour shift because that was a big deal with them. I mean, in L.A., you know, the cops begged for a 12-hour work day. Here, which is a different, a different place, I mean, these cops, the kind of work they do here, 12 hours is brutal. And it's not safe. No. Wait, say and that again. So, it's, it's not safe, is it? It's a really well, it, hard city. It is a difficult city. Is this the and, toughest city in America, as far as you've seen? And you're, like, you're, you're a world expert on this. Is okay. this one of the toughest cities in America to police? I would tell you, from my knowledge, in the places I've worked, yes, unequivocally. Unequivocally. Now, the, only, the only other cities that would probably be close to the challenges. And I'm not even going to bring up Chicago. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Baltimore would be tough. I know New Orleans was tough after Katrina. You know, a bunch of cops exited the city. Uh, Those cops were low paid. 
but yet they still had to deal with the violence uh, in that city. But I would go and say, toughest city. Heck, if I was a chief in, in L.A., even though it's four times the size of, of Detroit, give or take a, a few uh, a few thousand, you know, the bottom line is L.A. has 10,000 cops. But even per capita, that's still a low number of police officers deployed. But let's talk about Chicago, our neighbor. Chicago has 12,000 police officers. Mm-hmm. I get it's bigger than Detroit. But if I had, if, if we were to do it in a comparable way, if I had half of Chicago cops in a city that's, say, half the size of Chicago, if we're, if we're using that math, do you know what amazing things could get done? Well, let's put it like this. Uh, the whole force total, command staff, street cops, guys out on injury, gals out on injury, is what, 2,500? No, it's about 28 and some change. That was pretty close. What, am I going to get a fake news here? Like, what are you, the New York Times? Like, I, it's fake news. I fake mean, it's news. close. Accuracy no, matters, I thought Charlie. that was pretty, okay, 28. Accuracy 20, matters. 20, 20, I think we're at 29. I, I want to be precise on it, but when you talk about sworn in civilian, that's the number. And, and so... No, not, not civilian. Sworn. Oh, sworn. Yeah, we're more closer to 23... 50, 24. Nailed it. I can say, that's, that's police officers sworn. Wow. Right. But, but now, so that's about also, a fourth of Chicago, which is mm, four times bigger. And yet our crime rate, violent crime rate, is double Chicago. My point, sir, is... By, by, so it's two ways to talk about crime. We're special that's here. You know, I mean, first of all, this, this, I would bet the footprint of Detroit is bigger than Chicago. Uh, I, I can't, I don't know about right, that. Right, but I'm, you can't, it's really hard. I've learned that since being here. And I did cover L.A. and you worked in L.A. And, you right. know, we, we talk about that and, damn, I miss the beach. But, um, yeah, me too. I, I really do. But having said that, you can't really compare a Detroit to a, a Chicago or an L.A. or a, a, a New Orleans because we are just a special place, very unique. It's very unique, but let me break this this out for you, Charlie, because I think this, this might put a, a little, because I know we were here to talk about gangs, and I think starting, and I want to just digress to L.A. for one moment. So in the 90s, you know, the famous war on drugs, Crips blood, cocaine. La MA, the, MS-13, rolling okay, 60s, yeah. Rolling 60s, Black Peace So the, the issue then, L.A. had 1,100 murders. Yeah. 1,100 murders, at, during its height of the murders, it was roughly 1,100. So now you look at L.A., and its murder rate, you know, is roughly on par with ours, or fewer murders. In fact, last year, actually, I think they had 10, maybe 15 fewer murders. Period. Now, you're talking about... Right, period. Uh, yeah. So but, how, many, how many people in L.A.? Four million. Four million and we had the same raw number of homicides in a city of 650,000. Right. right. So Holy shit. No, 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 listen. And, and this is not me waving this flag of like, look at here, look at what we got. Our violence does, has trended down when Detroit was at its height for murders uh, during the same time period as L.A. Um, we hovered 
I think it was between six, and I think the, the worst year it might have been as, almost as high as 800. But we had a much larger population then, and we had more economic opportunity then. So when you look at L.A. or you look at Chicago, crime in L.A., as you know, Charlie, centers in several primary key areas. They're the most poverty-stricken. We're talking about South L.A. We're talking about Hispanic pockets in L.A. And then when you look at those pockets, that's where the violence occurs. Right. You go to Chicago, it's South Side, and I think it's South and, and West Chicago. Those are the violent centers of Chicago. You look at Detroit, and we don't have small pockets. And so with 700, we'll just round it out to 700,000, our crime is spread out. Now, back years when I was here in the 70s, the, this, the, the crime was in very pocketed areas, much like Los Angeles. Heck, I remember on the west side, which is now where the 8th Precinct is located, it was like a suburb. I'm talking about then it was, we had 16 precincts, and that was the 16th Precinct. That was a suburban precinct. Right. Uh, it was only two precincts that had horribly high crime. The one I was assigned to on the west side, the 10th Precinct, and then on the east side, it was the 5th Precinct. And so in those areas— that's where I live. That's where I grew up. <laughs> oh, you grew up in the 10th precinct? 5th precinct on 48214. Okay, 48214 in the 70s. We're talking, so you had the uh, Purple Gang, I think it was called, on the east side. And then where I worked as a police officer in the late 70s, we had YBI, Young Boys Incorporated. Mm -hmm. And it was the most violent. Yeah. Uh, four or five square miles in the city of Detroit. Some would argue it was the 5th Precinct, you know, but very similar construct that what you see in L.A., what you see in all these other cities. But there is a direct correlation with poverty rates. That's there true. Well, let, let, me, let me just say this. When we had those 600 murders, right, we had a one million and a half people living here. And that is about 40 murders per 100,000 people. So that was back, like, 80s. Right. Today, last year, we had 273 murders in a town with 670,000 people. That is also 40 homicides per 100,000 people. So Charlie, the, the needle hasn't you. moved. No, no, it, it has. And I wish I had those tests. Cause I was, I'm like you. I know when people talk about crime, it is about per capita. And when people write articles in the most dangerous city, they don't look at raw numbers. They just look at per capita crime. And I, and I understand that, and I'm certainly not going to argue it. That's just However, give you a level, though, right? Cause yeah, I mean... We can do gobbledygook statistics and titles, but the fact is people so, don't Charlie, feel safe. So, and so, yeah, okay. So let me give you something that you may or may not like. So violent crime, say, from 2015... Uh, was over, I mean, all violent crime, not just murder, 15,400 and some change. Yeah, yeah. In 20, 2019, 12,900. So 16% reduction. No, would I like a much steeper reduction? Yes. But I think it's important that as we have this conversation Fair. about violence, Fair. That there, there's some other, can you hear me? 
Yes, fair. Absolutely fair. You, you got to look at the trends. You got to look at the trends. But here, here's another dynamic. But and be, before we go, before we go there, you can't use the year 2015 because that was the computer glitch. Too much. Uh, reconfiguration was going on. Me as a, a guy that studied stats, I would just throw 2015 out. I would take 2016. Okay, so if we look at 2016, yeah. I'm looking at a chart. Yeah. If we look at the climate 2016, we were sitting at 46,900 as compared to last year, 41,248. What are we talking about? A total crimes? Yeah, that's total violent crime. Only violent crime. Part one. Well, yeah, actually all crime. Part one crime. Part one crime. So you, no, it can't be forty-one. You mean like fourteen thousand or something like that? No, no, it's all crime in twenty nineteen. Total part one crime. I'm looking at the chart right now. It's forty-one thousand two forty-eight, as compared to the year you wanted was forty-six nine eighty-nine. Part one. You mean rape, robbery. Murder and well, aggravated assault? All of that, but also property crimes. Is Only pro property crimes, okay. Or part one, I did not know that. Is, is everything. Uh, the one thing, let me see, I'm looking, I'm looking at this chart. You're, look, you're okay. You know, you don't have, look, you know, you're the chief. You don't got to, like, do the numbers, right? You know, generally, just to, re to relieve you. I don't want to trap you in a numbers game here. You understand no, what I'm saying, I, sir? I understand that, but okay. I, I think it's important. Please go let's, ahead. Let's talk, let's talk about the the the, the exterior, uh, the issues that impact crime. So, of course, when we think about crime, the first thing we think at what's the police department doing or not doing? Of course, that's a valid uh, a valid concern. But here's something that we have going on here, and Miss Prosecutor, forgive me, I'm, I'm going to say it. Here's some news. No, it's not. You've you said know, it before, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and so, for example... Wait, wait, let me, let me re rephrase that. I, got, I stepped all over you. I'm sorry, Miss Prosecutor, but... but and, and I'm not being critical, but what I'm saying, so let's talk about gun-related re arrests. And maybe this is... Wait, wait, you know, I'm sorry, look. Go right there, say it clearly. What are you going to say to the prosecutor? And then give me the background. Excuse me, my phone just went off. Okay. Okay, so what do you want to say to the prosecutor? No, no. Let's make a, we got to make a comparison. I think this is important to say, and I think you know this. In Los Angeles, if you carry a gun illegally, there's a certainty that you will be charged, you will be prosecuted and charged with a felony. Right. There ain't no HIDA. It right. just doesn't exist. There HIDA, ain't no HIDA is the Youth de de Deferment Act on your violent shit. Right, and there's no plea down called attempt CCW. It doesn't exist in Los Angeles. So what does that do to someone who wants to carry a gun? They'll think about it. Because if you carry a gun, you run a very strong risk that if you're caught by the police, you're going to be arrested and charged with a felony. In L.A.? In L.A. And, and I will tell you that certainty or high probability of prosecution does have an impact on someone's decision to carry a gun illegally. So you're it's, saying, come on, just say it now. Well, I had to paint that picture to go here. With HIDA and plea-down agreements like attempt CCW, those have an impact 
on a person's decision that I'm going to continue to carry the gun, and I'm going to carry the gun because I want to be safe. A lot of these young men that carry guns illegally, they carry and they tell us. And they also yeah. say, and they also say to our police officers, look, I carry a gun. What's the worst that's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? But look, let's stop right there for a second. That they're carrying guns to keep themselves safe because they don't feel safe on the streets that you patrol. They know that if they go to the, the prosecutor's office that they're going to get plead down because they're overwhelmed with too many homicide cases, too many gun cases. The county jail is overwhelmed. It's a cesspool. It's filthy. We keep blowing money trying to build them. The state prison system's a mess. So if, if everybody did their job properly, right, there wouldn't be any room at the inn. Yeah, it's, and, it's all and, broken. Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, there's a lot of conversation today about bail reform, you know, putting more people out on the street. You know, Charlie, and, and, and again, the prosecutors understaffed, or prosecutors are underpaid, I mean, significantly. So why are we giving billions to these white rich guys to do stuff that they're not doing? I, again... Not my conversation. Okay. I'm focused on some of the problems with the, our criminal justice system. We got prosecutors that do wonderful work. I want the money in your pocket, sir. Yeah. I want the money to go to where it's supposed to go, what they promised us when Kevin or hired you. Right. So, as Karen so aptly put, I don't control the money. I know I you will, don't. I, but, but I will say, in defense of our prosecutor, she's sorely understaffed. She can't keep prosecutors. So when you pay a prosecutor forty thousand a year, uh huh, they're going to the suburbs, just like the police. The, guess what the prosecutor's getting paid out in L.A. Starting. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say ninety-two thousand dollars plus generous bennies. Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> How much does a Los Angeles a top-paid LAPD uh, police officer make right now? Police officer, you. not not a sergeant, not a captain, but an officer. Officer in Los Angeles makes a hundred thousand dollars. I was going to say no OT one ten. Yep. So, no but why? Why is this an issue? And it's not. I mean, because we we well, talk well, all the time about education and crime being that? the two pillars of rebuilding a community. So, so we, we we constantly hear the narrative, and I understand, Chief, I, I, and I totally mm. understand law enforcement cannot be totally responsible for the prevention of crime. There are socioeconomic factors that Absolutely. feed into that yeah. that I think yeah. enough organizations don't address because they make money from it. But before you say that, I need, I need to do this to Karen. That's true. You're right. But people say, hey, police can't, they can't stop crime, can't catch you from, uh, stop people from killing each other. I said, well, if that's the case, let's completely get rid of police and save a boatload of money. No, Charles. Well, I'll let the chief. Well, no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't agree with that, that either. Think about the logic of what you're saying. Oh, I understand the logic, chief. But, but, chief, can police prevent crime? We can certainly prevent it. We can play a key role. However, with uh, backing, just uh, you know, echoing Karen, you know, there is a correlation with poverty. Oh, goddamn yes. There's Horses. a correlation with education. Absolutely. We have one of. I'm, I'm sorry. Superintendent, but and I know there's it's calling everybody up. He's got some of the same challenges that I as a, a chief, but I don't know where we rank in the country right now. But direct correlation: education, Last. 
and opportunity. So now things are moving in the right direction. When you talk about, you know, Chrysler's bringing a new job, I'm excited about the, that. But, you know, we I'm got not even at- sure about that. Well, after we give Again, them a bunch of money. They, they pulled $400 million out of your pockets. But they're, yeah. and, they're, and they're saying now, well, we didn't get the Detroit as we wanted the first time. We're going to give you a second opportunity. That That's not it. Because you, even, even if changes are taking place in DPSCD under Dr. Vitti, you've got generations of, you know, graduates, if you will, that have come through the system unprepared, undereducated, and unemployable. So those are the people that you have to deal like you with. You said generations. Yeah, generations, not just two or three years. Yeah. That's also part right. of the problem. And, and that's a direct impact on law enforcement. You know right. what? Absolutely. Sure look, look we know is. the problems. We can keep talking about the problems. Solutions would be, I'm sorry. And I tell you what, can I bring up another problem? We need some money. Well, money, but, but how about this? You know, in impoverished areas, there are higher incidents a person suffering from mental illness. Yeah, they're in the Wayne County Jail. It's the biggest mental health facility in the state. Thank you. And so you put them in there, they're untreated, they get out, and what happens next? They go out and commit crimes and hurt themselves and others. Absolutely. So why, Chief? See, look what, I'm trying to help. I'm sorry. But when I write a story, what, last week, and this thing, you know, had its legs and went around, that the Wayne County Jail has never, in its history, had a health inspection. And do, do the newspapers want to pick up on that? Does TV want to pick up on that? No. They want to do the Kwame thing. You know what I mean? We're not being serious. Nobody's listening. Did hey, anybody me- consult you about how we're going to build the new jail? Uh, nobody has. Nobody! Nobody! The no, police I mean, chief. Charlie, Nobody. Charlie, people make money from people who are broken, from systems that are the broken. Chief, the chief has been around. The chief was talking about Chicago. I went to Chicago, chief, to study how they built their new jail, which they did for a third of what we did on the original jail. And it's got a psychiatric ward. It's got a place for women. It dispenses drugs. It's clean, Right. They brought in people from outside. We never brought the... the What's uh, our problem? What, what is this? Chicago's in... What is it? It's not like Clark County. Cook County. Cook, Cook, Cook County. County. We Cook didn't County. bring people in from Cook County? Yeah. We're so stupid here. Tell them, Chief, we're stupid here. Uh, we'll never say that. Okay, uh, well, you know it. But let me, let me just say this. <laughs> One other piece. Hey, I, know, I know this is that... I, I, you notice I'm not... I can't use any profanity because I know you have a special title of your show. I know. Uh, so I'm not going to go there, but... <laughs> one other piece, uh, I think we talked about prosecution, but let me give you just one example. And I, you may remember the story was around August of last year. And I was very vocal about a, a local judge where this guy was a habitual offender, a propensity towards violence. And this judge let this violent predator out for, for $200. And the Michigan Department of Corrections said to the judge, this man should be remanded. He is dangerous. The judge ignored it. He let this um, violent suspect out, and guess what happened? Predictably, what? He shoots three people, including an eight-year-old child. And, and so that's another part of this failing system. And as much as I bring that up as a problem, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, judges have got to have, make their own judgments 
on individuals. And I get that. I mean, somebody with small amounts of, of, of uh, drugs or no prior, I get it. Don't put them in jail. I, I don't care about that. But what I do care is when we have a habitual offender, a history of violence. Yes. Guess what? Let's do us a favor and remand that person, get them the, the, the treatment they may need for their mental health issues, but don't put them back in the community and think they're going to act like a Boy Scout. Which, it, we, yes. Well, come on. I mean, again, it's not going to happen. There's some, this is some bullshit going around, Chief. Like, hold on, Karen. Like, you know, nonviolent offenders are in prison for weed. There's nobody left in the Michigan prison system who had weed, maybe at three pounds with a gun on you. But those people have been flushed. We're not funding what we need funded. We're just not. The, I, I looked into your book, sir, I, and I always, always add an interest. There's less money going to the Detroit Police Department than it was when Karen was in office. If this doesn't upset you, I don't know what to do. But the money that we all pay in the state of Michigan... We thought it was going to you. And to do some mumbo-jumbo. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not going to play the damn game with the politicians and the roads and the comeback and the budget. Bullshit. Get the chief the tools he needs to keep us all safe. I'm done grandstanding. That wasn't a question. So I, I have a question. Is the city now billing companies, corporations, downtown for... Yeah police usage because once upon a time that wasn't happening we no. had police officers for special events and that is that billing now taking place and that's, are they and are they paying that's changing and they're they are paying okay and i think one of the things that's been very beneficial i just met with a and this is why i couldn't come to your studio because i was meeting with some local businessmen who contract uh services of our secondary employment and it was a good meeting uh, and it's also an opportunity for our police officers to supplement their income. And so uh, this has grown substantially. And I think, Karen, when you were here, they were starting the secondary mm-hmm. employment right. with just a few businesses. Now it's grown uh, substantially. So that's good news for the police officers. But And I'm reading Charlie's mind right now. He says, well, they shouldn't have to work second jobs and work. Uh, these ungodly 16-hour days. Bingo! Right. And it's not safe. I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, yeah, cops like the moonlight. I mean, even those cops in L.A. who make all that money, um, some of them will do secondary jobs as well. Yeah, like snitching the TMZ. (laughs) 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 Wow, Charlie. Nailed it. They do. Yeah, they do. They do. But that may, and some, I would only assume that some officers may not do that for the money. I mean, maybe they because they like what they do. I mean, I find that most excuse officers. Excuse me. Well, well, you're saying you're saying. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that a cop likes to I'm be a security guard at Myers. No, Thrift I'm talking Day. about in L.A. When the chief said that even though they're making a lot of money, that they want to moonlight. I'm saying maybe they just uh, like they, what they you do. Know, L.A. It, 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 they, they like here. They want to make the extra money because they want more money. But but one thing here, uh, and I think Charlie hit on it, I don't think they're necessarily excited about going into a Myers. Um, but at the same time, it's an opportunity to make some more money uh, in a perfect world. 
your salary will be enough. I mean, do you know? Yeah, right. One, exactly. That's exactly even, what I'm saying. Even in the 70s when I was here, Charlie, well-known fact, we probably, someone told me this recently, we were like the third or fourth highest police department in the nation. In the nation. Uh, and we were at our height. We probably had roughly, I know when I was here, it was about 5,500 police officers. Who lays off 1,500 police officers in one swoop? A broke-ass city. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it just so... Never recovered. Yeah. Now, look, before we do this, I, I need to know for myself, because I, it means, look, you know me, you know, you know I lived through 9-11, you, you understand. Right. right. Where is the investigation in Corporal Rasheen McLean's death? The man that killed him, his name was known, right, to the department. It was known over a couple of jurisdictions. If we would have gone and picked him up and violated the guy on his parole, a couple people might be alive. Where are you with that? We are still investigating. There are other dynamics with this case. Um, first of all, you know, uh, yeah, there is an investigation. Yeah, but where are we? Give me, give us something. I, I can't give you a solid timeline on, on... No, no, just give me a general... What, what, is it? Are you near the end of the investigation? Are you angry that everybody dropped the ball or somebody well, dropped the ball I'm, or there's a culture that people aren't being responsive to this kind of violence? So, what can we look forward to? So I'm angry about certain aspects and, and certainly, let me just say this... Such relative, as? Relative to McLean. McLean died a hero. Yes. McCain made a decision uh, to go in uh, and address a threat to our community. I, I don't think people realize that there was a woman in a wheelchair still in that house. Is that correct? I've not heard that. I've yeah. never heard that, Charlie. That's what I was told by the neighbors. Why don't you ask about that? Because maybe well, that's what... I'm going to ask, but i got to tell you, yeah. that would be critical if, if that's the case and, and they withheld that from me. That I have never heard. I don't know right. if anybody is withholding. I could be wrong. That's why, you know, I'm not reporting it. I haven't written it. But never, that, I'm going to tell you, I've never heard that. One of the big things that certainly that came out um, was the sergeant that never showed to the epicenter of this, this horrible, tragic situation. The alleged chicken shit, the supervisor, supervisor. Who, who hit around the block and did not show up till after the fact, right? Did not. And I will tell you, uh, that's a problem. But, but I don't want that, to that is, but I want to back up again. That's a huge problem. You've handled it. We've talked about the signature, how he got back, you know, formerly he had some cowardly issues. You wanted him gone. The union intervenes. He gets back on. Somebody forges his signature. That's true. I've seen the signature. Have you found out who's done that? Have not. Okay. I, I have, Let me put that I, aside then, because I 100% I believe that to be true. Right. But the people in that house, it, that house was shot up a couple weeks before Rasheen was killed. They yeah. actually came to, what was it, the 12th, walked in, gave the guy his name, and nobody went and picked him up. That's what bothers me. Then he's wanting Crosstown in another shooting, and nobody goes and picks him up. And then two days after that other shooting, he kills a hero. 
and he shoots another cop and destroys his his shin. I love those guys, and you know I'll say it. I love you too. I know you're doing the best you can, but something happened where the morale wasn't high or something. Why wasn't he picked up? Let me let me um, see if I can explain this in a way without. It would be unfair to start pointing a finger. Indicting people, I get it, yes. But I will tell you something that I dealt with when I first got here, and I deal with it now. I know you and I talked offline about a possible second show to deal with corruption. And you ask yourself, how does corruption happen? It's called complacency and mediocrity. Complacency and mediocrity. Now, I will tell you, not reflective of the vast majority of the men and women of this department who really put a maximum effort in every day. Let me get that. Let let me get that ordered. So what you're saying was, look, I I know you're you're not speaking in code. You're speaking clearly. I want people to hear what you said. I'm not talking about my department as a whole. What happened here was the corruption of mediocrity and complacency amongst a few. I would have. Not necessarily. There is one part. Now, this can't because this investigation is, is, is open. I'm talking in a more general sense. When you see what we did and raided our own narcotics unit, we did it. No outsider came in and raided our narcotics unit. We did it. And again, if I could point to one thing again, complacency and mediocrity breeds corruption. Okay, hold on now. Because that's right, the homicide squad got blown up from inside. I'll give you that. With you know, feds helped you go do the raid and stuff, but you're working on your own info. And yet, the feds are the ones that discovered the cocaine missing by the time it got to Chicago. So there's a you know, I'm not saying you're trying, but the thing is, four years earlier the same thing happened, and you blew up the squad. But Only to find out four years later, it's the same goddamn culture. So when I'm on your ass, you know, right. you're, because the buck stops with you. And Karen says it stops with the mayor. And that's absolutely true. Except I know you can't be the guy who's, you know, going and making sure they've actually changed the stuff. You've got guys below you telling you that it's changed. Well, let me let me because this is a, this is a very uh, and, and, and we're still pursuing it. Vigorously, here's the difference between the four-year-ago investigation and what happened in recent times, causing me to uh, raid our own narcotics unit. So four years ago, the feds come in. Actually, before I got here, they started and launched an investigation on the narcotics unit back in 2009. We believe that even before that time, there was a pattern in practice. Of, 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 of corrupt activity. However, um, the investigation went four years, and at the culmination of the federal investigation, two people got indicted, one person got charged. Unfortunately, because it was isolated as an FBI investigation, we only dealt with those three or four, one committed suicide. He was going to be indicted as well. That was back into the 14. Yeah, 14. That, that was investigation. It started in 09, ended yeah. in 14. So 
we, all of the issues that created this Hansberry situation, we didn't know. And okay. we did know because the, the, the way, and I know I'm, I'm getting a little technical, the bifurcation of the federal criminal investigation with the administrative investigation didn't happen. It wasn't. Okay, seen. let me do this because it is getting technical. What are you saying? So, what, so 14 was 14, but what happened? It, it Look, 14, guys went to prison. You blew it up. You renamed it. It's uh, major violators. You, you, you changed the, the, um, the commanders. In fact, you promoted the commanders. Some of them became your deputy chiefs, which is weird. But you thought, I'm hoping you thought it was fixed. And I did it, think it was fixed until, let me just, so let me fast forward up to uh, Officer Mosley, who was, in, who was charged and indicted by the FBI. A single incident involving bribing a drug dealer. Single in, incident. This means in uh, last year's in 2019 scandal. Right. right. 2019. Officer so Mosley actually was going to give the dope dealer his own um, confession back for 15 yeah. grand, right? Or whatever, yeah. yeah that's pretty that's, novel. Yeah, that's pretty novel. That's pretty so cheap. anyway, single incident, single arrest. And so in my conversations with, with the feds, and what I started to learn about that single case, I said, you know what? This is not this guy's first rodeo. In fact, instinctively, I know it's not. And so as he was getting ready to get charged, I directed uh, our internal affairs. I said, before it comes out that he's getting charged, let's go ahead and raid narcotics, take every file going back 10 years. Right. And so, because I didn't feel comfortable, I knew, but at the same time, what we didn't have... I get what you're saying. Let me see if this is what you're saying. Okay, we've been through this before. You're like, I'm seeing it. Okay, bullshit. Go in there and go take everything this time. Is that what you're saying? That's part of it, but we had something else. The stars begin to line up, Charlie. So, I followed my hunch that this wasn't this guy's first rodeo. And then secondly, we started getting some information about certain practices. Right. So in order to verify if these practices were real, the only way I could do it, and given what Mosley was charged with, let's just take everything and open a full-blown probe. And so, as you heard me report out, I guess, been maybe a month or so ago, there's been some key issues, and, and as my hunch Followed, there's some activity. It proved true. It you, proved true. You're saying that there's a lot of it, right? Just real concise, Karen. There's a lot of it. Yes? Yes. There's, there's a lot of bad shit that was going on in there. Karen, right. please. No, I was going to say, I, I certainly in any environment, I guess I'm sitting here thinking about clients that I work with. I don't care how much you try to put something in place. You're going to always have those one or two bad issues. Yeah. I think the problem comes if, in fact, those issues aren't addressed. I mean, so then you start to send the message. Your responsiveness to that or your response to that makes a difference. And I don't want to incriminate anybody. But, Charlie, you and I have talked about the narcotics division years ago from somebody who's still floating around. So, you know, these are issues that, that have prevailed. I mean, if nothing else, we do have to acknowledge the fact that the chief is responding to them. 
Yeah. But you know what? And thank you for saying that because here's what's real key in this thing right now. So, Charlie, yeah. imagine for a minute that you got a drug drug dealer who's out peddling, name the drug. He gets stopped by the police with large quantity of, of, of dope. And the cop says, okay, I got you. How about you work this case off? Give us information on other drug houses, drug dealers. You work it off, we'll pay you X dollars for your work. And that drug dealer never gets arrested. So now the drug dealer said, wait a minute, I think you just ripped me off. That drug dealer then says, well, who am I going to tell? Am I going to go into a police station and says, hey, chief, I'm a drug dealer. I move large quantity of, of dope. Uh, they just ripped me off, your dope officers, and took some of my money. Uh, I didn't go to jail. I probably should have gone to jail, but I didn't go. And that's, see, look, you, you know, look, because we got to start wrapping up and, and get to one more thing. But that's what you found. Exactly. Holy shit. God. So, but, but, but see, when you pay guy, look, some guys are just crooked, right? And if you, look, if you pay the police force like they're the Mexican federales, you're going to get the Mexican federales. And this whole culture is going to flip, Chief, but you and I probably won't even be alive to see it. So no, right now we got to stop it. Well, and I'm not I, indicting the Detroit Police Department because I know those people. Yeah, please don't. They're good. No, they're, look, I know cops. Right. And, I did and, New York, L.A., El Paso, Vegas. They're good, good cops. As Karen pointed out, you know, all it takes is a few bad apples. Uh, but, but also, as I said earlier in this segment, this part of it, I also talk explicitly about mediocrity, mediocrity being a primary factor in people engaging in corrupt activity, whether it's this level of corruption or someone who decides not to do a follow-up concerning a violent criminal. I need that to hang. Mediocrity. It's all, it's a corrupt act. It it, it leads to corruption. And I don't care what, I was part of the investigative uh, uh, aftermath of the Rampart corruption, as you probably are familiar with. And guess what? No different. No, Rampart, Rampart was a division in the LAPD, undercover guys working the dope. They go in, bust doors open, shoot guys dead, steal their dope. And guess what? Mediocrity. Supervision, not paying attention, not caring to pay attention, and just not managing and setting the appropriate tone. Boom. Okay, so, listen. Crime. Karen, go ahead. Okay, I just want to say two things. One, I want everybody to understand, and we've said this before, that police officers don't pay into Social Security. So when you start thinking about when they, I just think that 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 one factor. Absolutely. And before the chief leaves, Charlie, I don't want to have the last word, but chief, if you had carte blanche and you could make three changes to the department or... Three? Just three. Because I don't, I just want to ask him three. Can I ask my question, Charlie? Okay, yeah. Okay, how many do you want it to be? One. I want three. All Let right. him have three. He's entitled to three. Three. You get three wishes, Chief. Three <laughs> that, wishes. that would make the biggest <laughs> impact on public safety, not just yeah. for the community, but for your officers. What three things would you do if you just had a, a clean slate and a blank check? What would you do? You know, the first thing I would do, uh, and it would really address so many issues, I would want 
our police officers they have a starting pay. I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, conservative. I say what, what Cincinnati makes. Cincinnati cops don't work to the level of the Detroit police officers, but I think a um, starting them at sixty thousand a year, and you know we got to take you know cost of living. Okay, uh, you know, pay, pay chief okay. is calling for a, a thirty-three percent. I say seventy-five. Let's well, go. Let's no, 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 no. We're making fun of it. He's I'm right. Not making fun of it, Charlie. Seventy-five percent. Not seventy-five percent. Seventy-five thousand. Okay. Okay. So sixty thousand dollars. That's pretty good, though. Like he's he's calling for a thirty-three percent pay raise. Second okay. chief. Uh, but wait, wait. Let me just back up for a minute. Calling for this is me. Okay, wishing for, wishing for, wishing for. Yeah, chief's wish list. Is that realistic at this time? I don't think it's realistic. But if I have a wish, I could wave a wand. Right. If you wanted one big thing, what would you want first? Pay. Then the first thing would be that paid level I'm talking about, and that's starting pay. Okay. It might top out. If you're talking about fifty-nine thousand, it might top 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 out at seventy-five or or whatever. I don't know. But but the key is, I think that will go a long way in addressing a lot. But and I'm and I'm talking unrealistic. Okay. Now second. Is. Well, I would say equipment. I mean, we've done well, and, and Karen, you know this, you, you touched on it at the beginning. Uh, the mayor did facilitate, uh, Mayor Bing uh, facilitated the, the Penske cars. Um, that uh, was really a great start. But, you know, I, I'll tell you, the fleet, at, you know, outside of those cars that we did get uh, was a comedy show. I'm, I'm talking about cars that yeah, I would go and paint was peeling off of them. This is the Motor City. I want to see them all look alike, Chief. You got we got fifty million brands of police cars. I mean, right now, but well, well, but right now, I mean, the primary uh, cruiser today, and this is coming from the cops, and, and actually most of the cities across America are those Ford Explorers. They're large enough. Uh, the officers love them because when the Crown Victoria, when they stopped making that car. Uh, it wasn't a lot of great choices out there. So the, the, the thing that came so close to the Crown Victoria was that. Uh, so certainly... Um, Equipment, radios, vests, um, crews, everything. Uh, what's the third? Then I guess along those lines, if, if we want to say what's the optimal... Optimal. What do you optimal mean? staffing level, level in Detroit. And I know I get this question a lot. You know, but I think in a city our size, if, and I'll be conservative, but again, I'm waving a magic wand, and and I'm going to say this with an asterisk with it. Okay. 3,500 police officers. 3,500. So we need need 1,000 more cops. With with that that pay level, this is me wishing again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm wishing upon a star. But, But at the end of the day. That's not a strategy, Chief. But it's a song. But this is a level of stuff. So he needs yeah, he needs a thousand more cops. Yeah, that's some machine for realistic. But but look, but but so so Charlie, you know, so when we look at basically, you need more money. That's all I've been saying, Chief. But in order, but see, here's the other challenge today: to retain cops that have a force that size, you've got to pay people top dollar. I, 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 look, exactly. and make them feel safe too. I mean, you, you got police officers money. that don't want to live in the city you, because they know the do city. Do you is see what's in the news? Like, by the way, ready? Bob, give me the telegram. I already just did it. Never mind. Breaking news, Chief. 
Um, As first reported on the No Bullshit News Hour, the Gilbert Hudson skyscraper is not going to be the tallest. In fact, we still don't have plans. So, as we. Might not even be built. Uh, yeah, and they still don't have the financing in place, as we reported. So now here we go. Here's the, here's the thing about that, Chief. Part of that whole deal was cash money. Cash money that we pay for over 35 years. $16.5 million a year on that cash check. That should have been money for public safety. That's all I'm saying. My last question is, what is the deal between you and Karen? Like, are you guys friends? <laughs> Are you a, is she a, are you a client of Karen's? Listen, no. Let me say Wait, this is no bullshit. Is this he a client is, of yours? No. You're actually like friends? I like the chief. From the time I like the chief. here, I have the First of all, let me let me answer first, uh chief. I like the chief. I liked him when he came in. I have the utmost respect for our police department, our law enforcement officers. My brother you like, would you marry him? As po- the chief? Yeah, if you weren't married. I think I'm too old for him. Oh, damn. <laughs> Oh, you're but, not too but, old. But here. I do, cons- I consider the chief a friend, yeah. and I support him two hundred percent, as I do our men and women in blue in the city of Detroit. All right, chief, right and what do you say about that? I know our, our police officers truly appreciate that, and, and and I'll say this to you, Charlie. I know that there are a lot of police officers that support you. They know you genuinely care. I really do. Participate in a, in a lot of fundraising activities uh, when a cop makes the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, they know that you're there to support, not always in front, but sometimes in the backdrop. You're not looking for accolades, uh, but I know there are many, many of our men and women here love you. Thank I you. Know- and some hate me, I know, well, but that's the way but, life but goes. Chief, he asked you your opinion about me. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here like, well, what about Oh, he's all sweet. He, he's probably love your way. You want to know, know that? Like, what, what, yeah, what, what, what about Karen? What about chopped liver? Go ahead. Hey, hey Karen, you know, uh, now I'm going to shift back over to you because <laughs> I have never, in my six and a half years here, I have never heard a police officer utter one negative word. And, and trust me, these police officers. No, no, you're doing it. You're doing it again. You're very closed. You're, you're. Emotionally, you're sending the wrong. You're an emotional to me. crab. Come on, come on, open up a little bit. Open up. Say, you know, how do you feel about Karen? I mean, I think she's a wonderful person. I do. You I do? like. You, you, you sound like like I, I accused that you didn't think that. You, oh, you, no, you kind of sweet. Stop, out. Charlie. No, but I did. I do. But Charlie made me bring your Christmas present in. I had to threaten him to not tell you what it was. Oh, so you're gonna love it. I told him not to snitch. Oh, really? <laughs> your Christmas present. Don't here. snitch to the cops, Charlie. <laughs> what did you say earlier, Bob? Snitches get stitches. That's right, bitches. Right. You want me and to tell, tell you? you? No. You know, you know who else, I, Charlie? You know who else uh, I, I really admire? And I know cops admire. Uh, our friend over at American Coney Island. Grace. Grace. Grace is the best of the best of the best. Huh? I could tell you uh, that issue that happened over at American Coney Island with that security guard. My uh, buddy, the 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 uh, Marine veteran from Iraq and Afghanistan who never got a scratch on him until he came to Detroit and took a knife in the chest. Yeah. Horrible situation. God. But let me just say this. When he met the police officer who administered some aid to him, got him to the hospital very quickly. It was one of the most touching stories. 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot that I've seen in my time. Oh, he here, was but, crying. The dude oh my was God. crying. And she was crying. Chatting is his name. Oh, what a wonderful... Uh, it, it's too bad that happened. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, there's two people that will probably be friends for life. That's true. That, and that is the life in the big city. Listen, I still feel left out. I mean, but okay. I, we got to do that because, yeah, you still didn't say much about you. I still you. feel left out. There, there's something <laughs> going on. Karen, we love you. No, I think, I, I think uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, Chief, I'm going to do this one. Karen, I think Jimmy's sweet on you. No. Don't, don't, don't start any crap, Charlie. Listen, I get a saddle. What did you say, Chief? I, I, think it, I think part of it was, that, you know, Charlie dominated the show. It's my show. It's his show. I'm just here for decoration. <laughs> oh, no, no, you do you do a wonderful job. I mean, you do. Hey, hey what? You let it rip uh, three times a month. Yeah, I know. Look at her. And it's still not your show either. Yeah, I'm just there for decoration. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Sorry, All right, man. Chief. Listen, um, we didn't get to like uh, come back. Would you come back on? Yeah, I'll come back. There's a lot of. I know. We could have focused a little bit more on the game. Like the stuff, stuff we're going to talk about, like, you know, the weed, gang, the, the weed, black market weed. Black market are, weed yeah. making crime go up. The, the gang warfare made the homicide spike, but that. Oh, yeah. The green but, lights. I want to know how that's working. Yeah, so listen, you, you'll come back soon, like, you know, a month or two? Yeah. And come to the lower level, Chief. It's okay. Yeah, this time you come in, all right? I got okay, your back. Yeah. And so listen, what, what do you drink? How about some Perrier water? No, I mean, be for real. Do you drink vodka? Okay, I, yeah, I drink okay. whiskey. Well, I'm a, well, okay. We're big I'm fans a, of whiskey at this show, Chief. No, they I'm, are. I'm not going to drink on duty. <laughs> no, you're going to be. You're going to take a half a day off. Oh, if I'm off, you're going to take a half a day off. You take the bottle home, so people Charlie. don't don't accuse you of like you know. I mean, you're doing media on the. You're you know you know how it goes. Yeah. You just take a half a day. Yeah, Charlie. You know well, how it goes. Yeah. I just, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that was fun. We're going to uh, film it all. Hey, I, I enjoyed it. it. And, oh, by the way, one of the things I'm I'm trying to launch and. Uh, we've talked extensively about it. We're going to start doing podcasts as oh, well. Oh, God! Everybody's doing Everybody's podcast. got a goddamn oh, podcast. Invite us on, Chief. Oh, my God! Oh, consider, it, consider it done. In fact, Karen, uh, you might be one of our first... I'm, I'm watching you right now uh, in, in, in the basement. It's um, a lower level, Chief. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I would never be it's caught called in a, a garden I would never, mezzanine. I would never be caught in a basement. <laughs> is that an L.A. hat, Charlie? L.A. hat? Yeah. Where? The one that's on your head. He doesn't have on a hat. No, this is my hat, Chief. Here, watch this. What here. are you looking at, Chief? That's my hat, Chief. That's beaver. 100% beaver. Oh, that's a beaver hat. Because you know my people... My people were here way before any European ever got off a boat. This is my <laughs> land. Aho. Okay. Well, I, think I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show. Yeah, thanks for being thank, on. Thank and, you, uh, sir. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Chief. We'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Be safe. Take care. Talk soon. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. Yep. Listen, everybody, if you're paying more than 4% on your mortgage, uh, if you have a lingering high interest uh, rate on your credit card debt, you may or may not know that right now rates are within fractions of a percentage point of their lows of the last 40 years. Smart idea would be to call the company with over 1,000 five-star reviews that has recently been averaging 10 days from start to finish on listeners that have applied for a refinance on their mortgage, and that's all financial. It's a real simple process, folks, and it's no secret that saving money is a good thing. You can get started by calling 248-308-5000 or going to davidhallmortgage.com. 
That's 248-308-5000. Get moving. Get it on. Equal housing lender, NMLS, 1467-435. By the way, again, shout out to the Hamtramck Police, West Bloomfield Police. Detroit Police. Imlay City Police. Sanilac County Sheriff. I don't, I don't go that far. NYPD. <laughs> Tribal Police in Sault Ste. Marie. Right? White Lake Police. Right? Listen. How you succeed is measured by the bottom line. Whether it's government or private industry or your police department, you're measured by results. Get the job done right. On time, on budget. Call ADR Consultants at 248-318-9424. Don't wait for after-the-fact accounting. Get yourself some experienced advice. ADI, ADR overseeing more than a quarter billion dollars in public and private construction projects since 2001. Plus, experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, and property management. Go with ADR for your company, municipality, or law enforcement agency, Honest, Ethical, Smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck, 248-318-9424 for that consultation. Are you mad at me, Karen? No, I just feel left out. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I was thinking, like, I I guess I'm not a, a horn tutor. But I've done a lot of stuff when officers have gotten in trouble kind of quietly, you know, gotten resources to help them out and that. I just, you know, hey, I want to I want to be like Charlie. Right. I need a beaver get hat. Some, get some props. I just need a hat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, you get that? Were you making a funny there? No. You said, I don't need a beaver hat. I just need a hat. I didn't say that. I just said I need a hat. Never mind. This was a great <laughs> interview, Charlie, uh, and I and we do certainly well. appreciate the chief, uh, you know, making himself available because it does add, it does add clarity to the conversations that we have. But in my opinion, it still falls at the top. The mayor needs to make crime and our law enforcement professionals a priority, priority. and it has yeah. not been since the transition. So don't tell me that a city is coming back when our law enforcement officials and officers do not feel safe enough to live in the same city that they are charged with protecting. Give them the resources, give them the equipment, give them the money, and then let's start holding the 77,000 nonprofit organizations accountable to deal with some of the social contributor, contributing factors to crime. Right on. Damn. Absolutely. There you go. So do I, I get, get my hat? Let's grab my hat. Let's see, if see, see how that looks. Let's clean. I'll keep it clean. You can actually wear that in the shower. The thing the about shower. beaver fur felt. That's good. Oh, that looks good, Karen. That looks That's a good really look. Good. The reason Detroit is even here is because of the beaver. Okay? Beaver is completely water repellent. Sure. And the courtiers in Europe wore it. And it was so popular that it went extinct. Wow. So when they were looking for gold in, like, you know, Mexico and Sierra Nevada. They were looking for beavers beaver here. Beaver was the deal here, right? Yeah. It was as good as gold. And so we had a lot of them. We did. And then the last beaver, Cadillac came in in 1701 to start Fort Pontchartrain to stop the English from coming up and stealing the French's beaver grounds. And the last beaver was spotted in the Detroit River in 1934. Wow. Wow. Industry was, we were so rich that we polluted the beaver out, killed it off, went extinct. Things went so retrograde that, when was it? In 2000 and, 
2008, 2009, beavers were spotted in the Detroit River again. They were reintroduced, They we went yeah. bankrupt. Jeez. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so what are we left with? Every, look, everybody, One hat. everybody's fudging <laughs> around with numbers, making excuses, Gretchen Whitman. Did you see this, this Gretchen Whitman? I was not. It, first of all, it was the shortest speech ever. The state of the state. I'm, a, I'm third, a third of it was applause. Another third were semantics and just pomp and circumstance. And I left, and I'm very disappointed because I expected her to not follow the pattern set by Jennifer Granholm. I really expected more from her. So you're talking about we're going to borrow three and a half billion to Listen. some temporary road fixes? And you know what? I saw some. I saw them out patching yes. up some of the. Now that doesn't make any sense, Charlie. And Why? some of the state reps last night were saying that all we're going to do is patch them up, and in two years, because we're not going to do it the right way, we're going to have to turn do around and do it again. Yeah. So we're going to borrow 3.5, and only they're only going that money only qualifies for 10 percent of the roads in the state, and only state roads. And isn't that counter right. to what? was first proposed I mean it's no solution but what she's saying it's we got to get going i th i find it my i find it to be a selfish idea that it's only for her and it makes it look like a win and she's tough because here's the deal ready she even said as much here's the deal did she really she said yeah you can thank this administration for fixing the damn roads you're not fixing shit well right i'm not fooled because here's but the she was taking credit for it here's the deal the Republicans put $400 million into the budget to fi help start fixing the damn roads. It's not enough, and they're chicken shits too. Let's not get that wrong. They're all right. bullshit up there. We're all pissed. But she vetoed it out of spite, not good enough, and then she starts cutting everything. Here's the deal with $3.5 billion that you borrow over 30 years. If you divide $3.5 billion by 30 years, it's $165 million a year. You just shot yourself in the face, right? Ostensibly, they could have funded shit $400 million a year for 30 years, I guess. So you just shot yourself in the face, plus the fact you got to pay interest. interest yeah. So we're going to get $160 million worth of roads. That's going to cost us $320 million to pay for. And we fucking borrowed it and didn't figure anything out. I'm calling you out, Governor. Horse shit. You didn't fix it. And I don't think it's going to work. And I think the National Democrats are fools. Point of clarity, Charlie. She's talking. I'm not a Republican. She's, she's talking. <laughs> I'd say you were. Well, the point of clarity was they're going to have her do the State of the Union and, rebuttal. Uh, no. Like, and we in Michigan are just so happy to be there that we don't know our governor's ineffectual. No, I wanted you to clarify in terms of because when people hear roads, we're going to fix the roads. She's talking about the highways. Clarity like in terms of in in terms. Of, is she? I don't even know which ones that's, they are. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out who's responsible for what because the, the roads in Detroit, the streets in Detroit, and I know you talked about the streets that you, they are trash. Yes. They are absolute trash. It's like you've got a. It's, and it's those like, are city streets. These are city streets. Yeah. And so I'm going to just ask everybody, please stop tailgating because you can't see the pothole in front of the person. Give them time to respond accordingly because the roads are Horrible. So whether it's Mike Duggan, whether it's Warren Evans, whether it's Gretchen Whitmer or whoever, or Donald Trump, because he took credit for everything. Yes, ma'am. Please, somebody fix the damn or Gary freaking Peters or Debbie Stabow. That's a federal issue. Anybody. You're all do nothing. You know what I'm sick of? I got this TV on down here tuned to the trial. 
33 days. Nobody's even paying attention to it. Yes, it's important. I'm not diminishing that. But it's so process-laden yep. and so phony. That's what I said. And I know. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm just following the narrative, Karen. <laughs> Down here in the lower level. <laughs> Come on. I know. I can't. I can't. I just, I don't want, I don't care. Here's, I mean, a, here's yeah. another one. All right. The Statue of Limitations for the Flint water poisoning mm-hmm. are about 10 weeks away. Really? Jeez. Right? Remember, it was April in 2014. Statue of limitations runs out to six years. Now, I know legal cases can be made. Well, you know, technically, uh, the contract wasn't signed, say, June. Blah, 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 blah. But that's a very big day. You got 10 weeks, Ms. Nessel, the attorney general. You blew it up. You promised. Get something done. Why Get is something Snyder done. in jail? I don't know. Good and somebody question. asked me how did uh, Bafacano get around. I mean, they, somebody said Charlie LaDuff did everything but escort him to the jailhouse. Mm. And how is he not in jail? I mean, and it came up as part of the conversation about and the... And yet Kwame's in jail for 28 exactly. years. Exactly. I mean, you've got all these other... And I'm not, I'm not... All I'm saying is, is that if, in fact, that is the norm, it ought to be equally and fairly applied. That's what I've always said. Okay. I'm following the narrative. There you go. We did it three times. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Three narratives in one show. Awesome. You all right, Joey? So he was a little upset. No, right? he doesn't feel well. He, oh, oh yeah. You got the flu? No, we're going to talk about it. He just doesn't feel well. Were you uh, hanging out with the uh, guys from uh, the narcotics one, if you know what I mean? <laughs> no, he does, you know he's a He was super not hanging guy. out with the narcotics no. squad. Uh, here, a, uh, Mike Duggan. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Run again. He said he was. I just might have to. Interesting. Interesting. Can I be chief of staff? Yes. You, yes, absolutely. Because I'm thinking about the chief when he said he doesn't accept mediocrity. Look what happened to me when I said it wasn't going to be accepted. It's hard to do. Having said that, hey, Mike, you know and I know, everybody, you should know. Yeah, the feds were here again last week asking the dirt questions that the congressperson's asking about, that the grand jury's asking about. They were back. One of the biggest demo firms just closed their doors. They're active. And not a single fucking demolition is going on in this city. Something very weird's happening, bro. I know it. You know it. And I think you know. I know what's going on in your office. That's why the no bullshit news hour. They're breaking all kinds of freaking news. Skyscraper news. Demo news. Police news. Charlie news. Beaver History news. lesson. Beaver news. Beaver, Beaver news. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, no, because I'm very, you know, the reason I'm doing, I'm trying to groping for a segue it's this punk from the free press, right? The op-ed writer, the, the columnist, Brian Dickerson. Is he st- I didn't know he was still writing. Is he st- I didn't know he was still around. There, there you go. People no, are like... I did not know. I didn't know he was still around. No, yeah. He's, I he's, didn't know the free press was still around. Oh. Uh, well, you, don't, you don't get gas? <laughs> I don't go inside. I try hey, to you know, inside. look, I've always been cool. And it, they, there's cool people working their heart and yeah, talented I'm, people. Well, so fuck you, man. I never called you out. So... The Carmanos interview last week. Mm-hmm. That one went viral. The Brenda Lawrence calling for censure not impeach. That went viral. Kevin Orr. Huh? Dave went Bean. Viral. That one went, that was a lot. Huge one. Yeah, you got a lot of good ones, Charlie. We. Us, yeah. The head of the Republican National Committee, you know, the oh, chief yeah. of police. There's only a couple people dodging. Anyway, so this blowhard, <laughs> right, calls me a clown. In the paper, out loud. But the thing is, 
because nobody reads him, he's looking for some clickbait. Well, uh, let, me, let me tell you about uh, Kwame the Grifter and Carmanos the Grifter and Laduff the Clown. Let me clear my throat. Not because I ever do anything inside this office. I, I pontificate and nobody reads it. Well, here's the deal, dude. What's more ridiculous than a reporter writing a report about a reporter's report that's a week old? Go away. Retire, Brian. Retire. Nobody's reading. Nobody. I get people asking me who the fuck you are. They don't even know who the fuck you are. You should retire and let Nancy Kaffer have the page because she's earned it and she works hard and she's out there. I don't think she gives two shits about my opinion and I don't even really care, but she should be running it. And the word is, Brian, you're next on the layoff list anyway. Well, maybe that's a So why do other people more talented than you fall on their sword? Time to go. And if you want it, you want to do it. I know all about it, bro. And you know what I'm talking about. All about it. So that was part one. You never, ever steal a guy's shit and then dump on him at the same time. The reason it's not done in the industry is not because there's some code. It's because I will fucking answer you. You narrow-shouldered, pear-bottomed twerp. Fuck you. You do the stories about the police. You do the stories on the sky. You're the poodle who sold us out on that fucking hockey arena. And you didn't have the balls to say it was a bad deal till some out of towner did. Remember when I did it four years ago? They pulled it off the air. You weren't anywhere. You hang around the rich man's table thinking you're an equal. You're a lapdog. They laugh at you. Nobody reads. Get rid of you and hire three young people. Nobody's reading. Guess what? Karen and Bob and I and even Mannequin Joe. We are wiping your ass with your face. Nothing. When's the last time you did something anybody read? I'll tell you when. Last week when you did mine. Did you, did you know P. Carmanos had done that? Brian? See? Because you hang out with the billionaires. You're the guy in the know. You don't know nothing. It's obvious. Let Nancy have it. I know... Look, there's two dozen Cracker Jack reporters. They could work anywhere. Wall Street Journal, they could. I know them. I talked to them. To a person. We're handcuffed. You won't let us do it. What needs to be done and what the people are craving. Which is the truth. Right? Could you tell us how you really feel, Charlie? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck you. There you go. Do it again. I got more. And yeah, and, you, know, yeah, you guys just go to DeadlineDetroit.com. It's all there for you. And find out what, how did these text messages work? How did the free press get those? Why was a non-disclosure agreement signed between the city and the whistleblower? Did the free press already have those and kept their mouth shut and let uh, the broke-ass city pay $8 bucks, knowing full well they are going to publish them anyway? You want to answer it, Brian? You're a muckety-muck over there. Sort of an ethical dark hole. Huh? He won't answer. Maybe he will. D-F-W-C. What is that? Don't F with Charlie. 
I, I didn't F with them. I didn't say they did. I'm just saying, after all of that, dude, you know, <laughs> know how your long limits. I, I've been taking the abuse from assholes like this. I know, Charlie, but you, you know, remember what? the frozen guy? Yes, in the I elevator. The, yes, at the, and these fucking guys are doing stories like somehow I did something well, wrong Charlie, about getting what you have the to guy out. When the cream rises to the top, and that to me is an act of desperation. And so you have to take things like that as a compliment. Now it's a low blow, but it's a compliment. If you were not a threat, if you did not feel make people feel uh, some type of way, yeah, then you wouldn't be an issue. But you oh, are feel, an yeah. issue, so that's a compliment. Oh, I like, I know, yeah, you know, I know. So send him some I actually, flowers. I like it. Send, send him, him some, flowers. some flowers. Yeah, and say thank you and keep it moving. I like it. Okay, you honestly, might... I like it. Okay, then you should. Thanks, do that. Brian. Yeah. Thanks for the mention. I can't believe I'm going to clip it. I got spitballed by the free press. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You know what you need? I challenge you. I challenge you. Go out into the city and write a story. I, I challenge you. You know what that goofy tennis sweater you wrap around your neck like you're Eli Nastasi in, in the fucking clone commercial? Come on. Get out of You couldn't find Grash and Shane if I got an Uber for you. Mac and Bewick. Mac and Bewick. Chicken Joe went out there. You're going to tell, tell us what's what about this Rhodes deal. This Rhodes deal. I'm the arbiter of everything smart. All right, so now you're giving him too much time on yeah, this I know, show. But this I is valuable. This is valuable time. We can't just waste it. Well, that's all I got then. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Sorry if I made you mad. No, you didn't. Okay. I just still feel left out, but that's okay. Oh, by the way. Karen's like, unlet it rip. Like, why are they just gonna fucking hire you or what? Do you realize I looked uh, at some of my you know, my memories pop up on my social media? Yeah, I've been doing let it rip for like nine years. Yeah, wow, it's a long time. Did they even give you time. a coffee mug? You don't get paid for it. No, no. So, you know, how about it, Kev over there, Kev? I, I'll, I'll get you a coffee mug, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, <laughs> Roseboro, Fox too. Do it, dude. See, they know. That's why you're on all the time now, because Hules and Charlie are smart. They know, they know what you are. It works. I just hire her. I don't mind. I, I won't be offended. If you we can, steal. We can you no, steal we don't steal. Her job. My bub. My wife's going to be mad. She's my bub. You're my bud. I know. I know. I was on. I came on the show as a guest, and Charlie kidnapped me. I, I haven't <laughs> left since. I should have married me. This is what sex trafficking is like. You know, let you go. <laughs> <laughs> But Amy and I are friends, so it's cool. Yes. <laughs> Say hey to Tim. All right? See you next week. Remember, everybody, try to love one another. See you, Joey. See you, Bobby. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.
Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Hold on, man, did you see her interior? Hold on, 